0: Hello, everybody. My name is Christopher Thomas-Plant. My name is Russ Froshtick. Welcome to The Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest. This week, we're talking about Alien Hominid Invasion, a sequel to Alien Hominid, which I say sequel, there are probably many listeners who have never heard of Alien Hominid because they're young, and there are probably many old listeners who are like, finally, Finally, it's back, and this time it is a Contra style run and gun and roguelike progression mix up. It's cute, it's gory. We're gonna talk about it more, but before we do that, I have kind of. We're Fresh and I, we're like very close, listener. Very close. I mean, but not proximity wise, questions... but yeah. Yeah, but like at heart, wise heart wise, you know, soul wise. Heart, soul it's like is. it's
1: like Fiefel and his mom in the movie.
0: Yes, except for mine is like whenever I look at um, a like particularly um, concerning picture from near, I I see you.
1: You you see me also looking at that same picture from the. Yeah,
0: yeah we're doing that a lot. Um, we're very close, but there is like uh, the sort of question that you can only ask after a certain point in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And that is when is the right time to start celebrating Christmas season? <laughs> when is it? I mean, when I he-
1: I don't, so it's <laughs> which you no. know we've known each other know, long enough.
0: But but you have a you, are you are, are wait, are you seriously telling me you don't have any opinion on when a store should put a Christmas tree into the I world? know a lot of people,
1: my wife included, get upset at how early the these seasons start, you know, seeing uh halloween stuff in august, that kind of thing. <laughs> I don't like whatever. This is one area that I'm like if they're selling christmas trees in july, more power to them. Good You're for you.
0: That.
1: What, the, the only thing here's what I'm like. mm-hmm. saying. The only thing that really the seasons impact for me are when those peanut butter cups are sold. So like mm-hmm. I know it's easter season cuz those eggs are out. I know it's christmas season cuz those trees are out. And that's the stuff I
0: keep an eye on. Okay, I, I, I hear you. Let's let's put let's put the ball in your court. Okay, it's Hanukkah
1: in <laughs> this is the best. So I know what you're trying to do, but like, first of all, Hanukkah moves all the time, so sometimes it probably is pretty close <laughs> to August because of the lunar lunar calendar. And secondly. I also don't care if they try start <sighs> celebrating yeah, Hanukkah Yeah, early. no,
0: you're right. Here, can I share my? I know my this is
1: a yes or a no, but kind of answer. But I'm trying to be honest. In no, my life. in
0: as you as you should. It, yeah. it, you you do not pull out eight crazy nights in yeah. the middle of September because you just can't wait anymore for the Sandman. Right. Um. No. I I guess I'm sharing this because I'm looking for support, and I feel like I'm getting it here. And that I, I've really become a, the clock ticks 12.01, November 1st. It is Christmas season until the week of Thanksgiving in which you take a break. Right. And then you continue Christmas season until like Valentine's Day. Wow, Valentine's Day good for you i mean it, it depends I is think that a, a laziness speak. thing <laughs> i think it's more of like a depression thing during the pandemic yeah. you know it just kind of stretch it really stretched itself out but i am shocked especially since living in california how how early i feel comfortable starting it i wonder if maybe it helps in california too because like it all looks the same. Time is a meaningless object, yeah, sure, um, or conceit. So, like, why not just start putting up wreaths, which is what everybody has done all across the city I live in. Um, yeah, it's it's the new normal. Starbucks ticked over. We're good to go. This isn't like a goof, as these often are. Intro. It's more of a I want to make you think. You know, like really look inwards and ask yourself. Why am I not listening to the Soupyon Stevens Christmas music? And if the answer is, I don't know, or I worry about how I would be perceived, just pop that Spotify open and and be your true self.
1: Yeah, man. Are there lights in California? I don't even know. Do they put lights up there?
0: Of course they do. You think there's not darkness in California? No, no. But I mean,
1: Christmas lights, Christmas lights.
0: Yes. No. There's of course there's there's tons of Christmas lights. It's a. It just it's, seems
1: like without the snow, it seems like it doesn't have that panache.
0: Have Have you never seen um, Mixed Nuts? No, I actually haven't seen Mixed Nuts, which I think is probably for the best. These days. <laughs> this, this is this is going too long. We we can't get deep into the Mixed Nuts so I'll, I'll link it in Besties. Maybe people shouldn't people... watch that movie anymore. <laughs> people should. That movie is great. <laughs> is it good? I mean it's offensive, but it's yeah. great. Isn't, it's a even, great movie. Isn't
1: Kevin Spacey like a big part of that movie?
0: No, it's Steve Martin.
1: Oh, what am I thinking of? Anyway.
0: <laughs> swimming with <laughs> sharks? I think that's what I'm thinking of. <laughs> what people cannot tell is that Fresh and I we like we're now off work. We have had the longest day of the It's meetings. been a really long, long day. Magical. And what you are seeing is like two people actually. Physically unwind in front of you. That yeah. is what you're hearing. It Mentally awesome. unwind as well. Yeah, like that. Like our our the the brain juice is is coming out of out of our ears, and and, and pouring through your speakers in your car and onto your your nice upholstery. And let's get to the show. Rocking. <sighs> huh. That was a real anxiety attack we just had there, yeah. We that was, did. That was, yeah, that fun. was intense. <laughs> well, not the ad. The ad was lovely. The ad you... was great. Whoever yeah. that was, they were great. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> this week we're talking about Alien Hominid Invasion, which is—it's technically a sequel to Alien Hominid. Let me do it. Let yeah. Me do it. Tell tell me more about it because I, I it, everything kind of throws me off about this game. Okay. Because it's not even... It it is now the third game, kind of,
1: in the Alien Hominid series. Alien Hominid started in 2002 as a Flash game that was released on the website Newgrounds. Uh, Old people will remember Newgrounds. It probably still exists in some form. But it was a basically side-scrolling shooter Flash game wherein you played as an alien in, like, a cartoony environment. And you'd run around killing... Uh, You know, like comical uh, FBI agents and like other people that hate aliens, that kind of thing. Uh, It was very lighthearted and silly and kind of had like an invader Zim look to it. So that comes out in 2002. And then some years later, they release Alien Hominid HD uh, on a variety of consoles. And that was a more full... Uh, uh, that was like a fuller project uh, with like a bigger number of levels and weapons and all sorts of stuff, but basically the same premise uh, of a size growing action shooter in the spirit of Contra. Uh, it had multiplayer. I'm not sure the Flash version had multiplayer to it, but the HD version definitely did. And it was kind of the first big project from the behemoth who would later release a game called Castle Crashers, which I think everyone at this point probably knows or has heard of, like huge, massive success for them, definitely their biggest game by far. And since then, uh, they've had a number of titles, but nothing has really matched the height of Castle Crashers. And uh, this is kind of a return to one of their earliest franchises in Alien Hominid. But it does take a bit of a turn.
0: Yeah, this is a weird game for me in that I'm surprised that, one, that I was not more hyped for it, and two, that I just haven't seen as much, I don't know, interest in it. Because this studio was huge, I mean hugely popular. Castle Crashers was like a legit phenomenon. And then we had Battle Block Theater and Pit People, and those I certainly did not like find the audience that i assume that they would have hoped um or at least they didn't find nearly the audience of castle crashers um and then alien hominid again it's not quite going back it's not castle crashers 2 which i guess is like the one that feels like the like if you announce that one it's gonna make a gobs of money and everybody will care but when we started playing it i was surprised how much it felt like a mix of alien hominid and castle crashers how much it borrows from what i like about that and and i hope is what will like kind of give this a bit more of a long tail now that it is out and people are able to start giving it a try
1: yeah i would agree with that i think there are a lot of elements here that they borrowed from the success of castle crashers which is actually exciting because i think it adds uh more depth and replayability to a game like the original alien hominid was a lot of fun but there wasn't a lot of like Juice to it. I should say Um, you kind of play through the levels. They were more or less the same every time you played through them. It was very much a traditional action game and uh, this feels like something a little bit more and structurally speaking very different from the original game insofar as it adopts uh, more randomized levels randomized objectives and more player progression. So we can kind of dive into actually how it plays through. But I do think for people that like local multiplayer, especially, although this works online and works quite well online, this is like a really great game to keep an eye on. And actually, we have a second game to talk about in the second half of the show that is in the same spirit. So I guess we have a bit of a
0: theme going. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the game itself, moment to moment, feels very, very contra-y. Um, and for people who have not played Contra, because, again, it is also an old game, it's very run-around, shoot enemies uh, that just keep appearing. And then, in this case, you have very simple goals. So it will be like, go find an object, bring a, object A to point B. Um, very simple stuff. And after you complete enough of these goals, there is a um, like alien... Light tube? What would you call that? Oh my god!
1: It's it's, it's like a gravity lifter thing. You yeah, know how sure. aliens like suck people up?
0: Yeah, it's like one you can go things. hop in that, and you can exit the level, or you can keep going after like more and more loot and um, rewards. Because you mentioned Contra earlier, and there's a crucial
1: difference here. Contra, most of the levels, you start on the left side of the screen, and you run to the right until you get to a boss, and then you fight the boss, and that's the end of the level. The le- most of the levels in Alien and Hominid Invasion actually take place in like kind of large open mostly flat areas and you're kind of going back and forth completing objectives within these environments but it's not so much a going from left to right to get to a boss kind of thing.
0: Yes, yeah, yeah, that sounds right.
1: Um the, the other, there are bosses and those happen we'll kind of talk a little bit about like the metagame portion of it, but most of the levels do play out in these like big open areas, which I actually think is more conducive to the local co-op thing because it allows everyone to sort of work around these objectives rather than kind of doing their own thing, just like fighting random guys on a
0: map, if that's clear. Yeah, 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 no, I think that's right. I mean, the the appeal of, of this game, I mean, the moment to moment is very pleasurable the shooting feels good they a thing that they've always been good at is just animation and character design yeah and the characters in this are adorable looking and very much that like early uh flash aesthetic i i i homestar runner aesthetic i don't know yeah what, it's what else 2d it.
1: it's very colorful it's like frequently surprisingly gory like people get cut in half in this game uh, people have like their skin melted off, but because it's all like car- cartoony characters, it's kind of okay for most people. <laughs> Maybe not kids, but you <laughs> know, I think it's like 13 up
0: is probably fine. Yes, I like that you asked after Besties, the this past episode, you asked Griffin, like, hey, are you, are you gonna play with this? Your kid? And he's like, no, <laughs> like, definitely not. People get it, shredded in half. It is. There are worse options. Oh, a no, part of me thinks sure, that like for Fortnite sure. is
1: arguably worse than this because Fortnite is like a little more realistic.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know? I, I, I I agree. I it it confirmed for me that like where you are at in the your child is growing up phase. Yeah. And when you see your child watch something like that for the first time, you're like, oh, that's why my parents didn't let me do it. Yeah. Now yeah. I get it, because you're gonna try to cut me in half. <laughs> got it got it got it cool cool um, yeah no it, it is I think you're right it's the type of game that a like nine year old plays and feels like they're getting away with something yeah um, with that look um, but anyway the the moment to moment looks it looks great it feels good but I think the real hooks of the game are the the meta stuff the kind of it, stuff that is happening between stages as you go through your upgrade process do you want to kind of explain that
1: yeah. So you, after a mission, you'll basically get thrown back to like a world map and you're basically selecting missions from there and you can kind of create your own path deciding, oh, I want a mission that'll give me more weapons or more loot or whatever, or more money, currency, whatever. Kind of akin to like a Slay the Spire where you're making those choices. And As you make those choices, you'll slowly work your way up the map until the top of it at whereupon you'll do like a big boss fight at the end of the chapter. While you're making those choices, while you're completing missions, etc., you are, as I mentioned, earning currency, you find new weapons, stuff like that, but you're also unlocking things. So you can unlock different heads for your alien to like customize it. You can change like the color of the alien skin to customize it that way. Everything you unlock has, like, passive perks to them. So, for example, I found a gun that increases my run speed, or, uh, you know, a flamethrower that increases, like, the damage over time. And it seems like all the items are randomized because I have found the same gun with different perks on it. So there is kind of a little Borderlandsy type. I'm picking stuff up and trying to figure out what the best gear is for any given moment, which is kind of fun. Like, it, it, it can be exciting to, like, get... Like, really ideal gear.
0: Yeah, and, and, and the gear itself is just very silly. Again, in that very early 2000s sense of humor that, I don't know, I'm, I feel, I, am I getting old or is it, like, the retro cycle just coming around to this where, you know, you get a bee weapon. And I feel like we just talked about Psychonauts 2. We're like, oh, my gosh, I don't want another joke about bacon. Right, um, uh, and yet here I am being like, eh, sure, it's kind of charming that you didn't like is. the B weapon. I, I like the B. No, weapon. I, no, I do like it. That's what I'm saying. Is I, I yeah, something has happened since the bacon joke and the B weapon that I have kind of come around to. You're not jaded anymore. I'm not. You know what it is? Yeah, I watched the Psychodesy Documentary. and <laughs> I yeah. remembered that I need to have a soul. <laughs> um, uh, no, it, it, it's very, very cute. I do. You, do you think there's a reason why this is like? It doesn't feel like it is blown up in the. Yes, yeah. I do
1: think there's a reason, and I think it's a marketing challenge for this game. Yeah, and I don't know how to solve it. Uh, first of all, the game is very old, like the franchise, very old, hasn't really been touched in earnest in over ten years. So, you know, there's not a lot of like modern day familiarity with it. And secondly, at a glance, it looks like an HD re release. If you if you're really not yeah. paying attention. It just looks like an HD version, which honestly they've done already. Like they did an HD Alien Hominid. And so, and and they actually, alongside this game, released like an HD version for modern consoles. So it is kind of this weird thing where if you're not really paying attention, it would be easy to think, oh, this is not a new game which is a bummer because I think a lot of people would love this local co-op game or again online, but mostly I think it soars in local and I think it would do really well, but it is, I think people are just kind of missing the fact that it's a brand new game and uh, maybe by this podcast and other people talking about it, people will kind of come around because I do love this franchise and I love uh, Behemoth stuff, but you're you're right. It does seem like it kind of missed its moment. It's also like, the heart of holiday season which is brutal for indies here here is an idea
0: call it alien hominid 2 you know what i think
1: you're probably right
0: actually (laughs) i i i I think it is like unfortunately that simple i really wish because i i i am the person that you described i mean when we loaded this up i was like okay ready to play this game i like again and was surprised to find something different and that of course that's partly on me but Y'all, I look at this stuff all day, every day. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, 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 I, it's not like I'm not making an effort. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's a bummer. I, I hope that they find a way to get it in front of people because, again, if you liked Castle Crashers, there's so much of that charm here. I mean, it, it, we didn't even go too deep into it, but the the, the, the kind of like playthrough to playthrough upgrades also reminds me a lot of that. There, yeah. There's there's a lot of that. Yes, these are one-off actiony levels, but oh, you are also part of a larger world and the the kind of colorful universes that this team is very good at creating. That's all here. It is a very textured game in, in a way that I I I completely did not expect. I also um, think
1: that people who played a lot of castle crashers probably got to points where it was like, Oh, this level, I don't really love this level, but we have to get through it to get to the next level kind of thing. Whereas because of the structure of this game, like you're kind of constantly getting tossed, like new objectives, new maps, new environments, stuff like that. So I feel like it would stay fresh for longer. If you decided you were going to play it for like many, many hours.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think that's right.
1: Um, Um, I love Castle Crashers. I would love to see more of that game. But I actually do think this, like, randomized Hades, almost Hades-esque format uh, would scale better for Castle Crashers than the traditional, like, here are these linear levels that are, like, gorgeous and handcrafted, but, uh, you know, won't necessarily change from run to run.
0: Oh, yeah, I I completely agree. I I would love to see this be kind of a figuring things out before they take this approach with Castle Crashers.
1: Yeah. I I would also say, like, you know, we were talking about how the games since Castle Crashers haven't hit that level. I hope, and I kind of get the impression that they've figured this out, given how many games they've released since then, I kind of hope that they've figured out a way to make this a pretty stable studio, such that, like, they're not dealing with crunch, they're not dealing with, uh, you know having to like slam out sequel after sequel. Like it feels like they have a lot of freedom still to kind of do what they want. Whereas I think a lot of studios will like have a hit like castle crashers and then over invest in like whatever fucking 3d engines and uh, MMO or whatever the fuck. And it seems like they've been very focused on doing their own thing, which is like responsible not only for them and their employees, but also better for all the people that are playing their games.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I, I completely agree. I, I really hope that they continue to be able to keep doing things. And also, they, have done like Castle Crashers remastered. They have an HD Alien Hominid port also out this year. Like, yeah, that just there came are out. other ways yep. that yeah that like they're making money. So um, they also yeah.
1: have very good. I haven't gotten it in years, but I, I remember I was at a Pax once, and they had amazing merch. For, like, oh, yeah. specifically Castle Crashers, I remember, because I got, like, a little Castle Crashers action figure. But their merch, like, standard of quality was, like, I was blown away by how good it is. And I'm sure they probably have some, like, really good stuff. So,
0: I guess check that out. Yeah. I love it. Um, do you want to go uh, to the break? And then we can talk about Karma Zoo? Let's do it. Karma Zoo.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Karma Zoo. Yeah, most people will probably not understand why you're talking like that because this is a pretty small game. But it is an <laughs> <You're> interesting <right. laughs>
0: game. Um, Karma Zoo is a, another co-op game that I think you or Justin would describe as co-op for babies? Uh, yeah, but that's, I think, diminishing As a, as a compliment.
1: As, uh, unquestionably as a compliment.
0: Yes. So... Yeah, do you want to do you want to give people the elevator pitch?
1: Sure. Uh imagine a co-op platformer that supports and encourages up to 10 players at once in a platformer without it being total bonkers unfollowable chaos. That is the basic elevator pitch for karma Zoo. It is uh 2D and you go through levels with a required partner there's no um there's no single player in Karma Zoo you have to play with someone else and most of the game is actually only online you can't even play local but if you're playing with someone else you're basically using that other person to get through relatively simple challenges in like various randomly generated uh, platforming environments
0: okay so yeah it looks like, A very, very old school platformer, like NES (laughs) bits, but run through um, neon and a lava lamp. And each character on screen has an orb around them. That's where the kind of like lava lamp effect comes from. And that orb needs to be connected with another player's orb. Um, for you both to stay alive. And you can you can split apart for a little while. And as you split apart your orb, I think it kind of shrinks. Yeah. And it cues you that, like, hey, it's going to break. And once it breaks, you're, you're dead. You're gone. You're dead. Um, and what that kind of forces is you to always be kind of in close contact with each other. Um, but also to... to use the mistakes of each other to progress to the level. Let me put that a different way. In this game, you there are spikes in the game, right? And normally in a video game uh, platformer, there'd be spikes, and you'd hit it, and you'd die, and game over. Here, you can hit the spikes, and when you hit them, two things happen. You get transported to back to where you were when you jumped, and then the other thing is that spike turns into a safety block. And so it's no a gravestone. It, they call them gravestones. Gra- yeah. A gravestone. You know, it's for the kids. Yeah. Um and with this gravestone, um you can jump on it if you if it's, you know, on the ground, you can use it to kind of get over an area. If it is on a wall where the spike was, now it's a gravestone, you can grip onto it and jump off of it. Um it you literally by failing, you are creating an easier game for all of the other players in your game. Yeah. Which is, I think, a really clever conceit. And then we talked about this as a family game. I think there's something pretty brilliant about a platformer that is teaching, especially younger people, failing is part of the process. It's not just about like speed running it and getting it right the first time. Hey, actually to get through this you you will get better things will get easier for you by trying and failing and doing that can also help other people that it's not just about being right a hundred percent of the time um and i think that's like a very clever mechanic for me this game i i think it, it, i enjoyed playing it but i i've i'm Almost enjoy thinking about it more than I do necessarily playing it. I didn't get a chance to play it with my son, and I wonder if maybe I would enjoy it more if I was playing with not you. I mean, I love I love you, but oh. I think I think we're a little bit too. Um, we have decades of bad at hardcore gaming habits, and still that's
1: does. true. Uh, trolling um, one another,
0: uh, you know. I liked, uh,
1: you know. We we played a game earlier this year, the Mickey Mouse game. Yeah. Uh, I, f- I forget the subtitle of that, but it was, we described it, yeah, as a co op game for babies or like Babies First Metroidvania. I actually think, mechanically speaking, this is more interesting and better for teaching kids how to play a co op game because so much of this game revolves around communication and direct feedback between the two players or as many as 10 players, really, because you are constantly having to like, loop back on someone else. So for example, I'm gonna say like, oh, Plant, I have to go up this ladder and stand on the switch for you to get in the door. And on the other side of that door, there's a switch for you to stand on, keeping in mind that like, we need to do that relatively quickly because we can't be too far apart for too long. So there is some tension there where we're trying to, you know, coordinate a plan and then execute on that plan. But if realistically, like, if it doesn't work out, one of us dies, whatever, we can rush back together and not, like, fully have to restart the run. And it's not that hard or that complicated, but it does, I think, encourage a lot of back and forth, which a lot of these games that are, like, designed for, like, young kids, frequently they'll just make it easy on the kid. Like um, Mario Wonder, Yoshi can't die from getting hit. So, like, that's nice. And I don't think that stuff is bad. But I think this is like a, a a more interesting way to handle difficulty, where you can ease someone through some challenges, but only through like really good communication.
0: Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of that game company and their approach to multiplayer. Yeah, um, they made Journey and Flow and Flower. Yeah, and, 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 and the and, sky and the Sky People game. I, yeah, Sky. It, it, I think it's just called Sky. Yeah. Um, Journey. Something that they understand there when you have co-op is sometimes it's just fun to engage with other people. Yeah. Or to you, you, sure you might be helping each other in little ways, but it's it's more like a dance than it is like a tactical co-op in a shooter or or, or plenty of other games or um, co-op in Mario, where it's really one person is just trying to get to the other side. Right. Like you happen to be doing it at the same time, but not a lot of even Super Mario Wonder is about collaboration um we're here yeah there there's a little bit more of a you take your step i take my step synchronicity to it that i think feels nice i I mean mean, the game is designed
1: specifically such that you can't beat it with just one person like the levels are impossible with just, just one person so yeah
0: i mean you're right they lean into that and as you do little favors for people it is constantly firing hearts from one character to the next um so it it, like it really wants to teach you the power of um collaborative friendship friendship. yeah 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 um yeah i I, it's called karma zoo by the way uh because uh you are a zoo of i think there's a bunch of different characters you can play as 10 people but i think there's like 50 different characters in the game yeah
1: there's like an elephant you can play as a wolf I mean, you start the game as like a little like a little ooze ball you're just like a little ball of goo bouncing around but each of the characters has different abilities and different like pluses and minuses like the bigger characters might leave bigger gravestones for example that make it easier for other players to like cross so there's always like reasons to you know play as different characters which i think is really cool
0: yeah this is i i'm um Excited to load it up on Steam Deck. It, it's When we're talking about this, the game is not fully out. And I, I think I, I will... I'm very curious how I'll feel about it when there's just a lot more players available. Yeah. Um, I can kind of hop in whenever I want and play with like a full set of 10. Um Because I, I think that is what they want you to experience. Yeah, like, I think, think you're right. Um, so yeah, I'll, I'll probably pull that up and I, I could see this being a good kind of like Bedtime, cooldown, Steam Deck game, which, again, is kind of surprising for a multiplayer game. Um, but, yeah, I, I'm definitely going to revisit it again before the end of the year um, just to get a better sense of it. There's also another mode with dinosaurs. Yeah, like, I, I
1: don't know if it's exclusively dinosaurs, but I think it's, like, more racing. We didn't try this. This was the local multiplayer, and, and we are yeah. far apart from one another. But uh, I think it's more of a direct competitive thing than than the mode we tried which was more cooperative
0: yeah i was just gonna say we, we would have played so much of that in the office back in the day yeah uh
1: um, it's also only 10 dollars. i think it's launching it uh with 25 percent off so it's only 750 but like normal price it's only 10 dollars. which again for like an online co-op game that's a pretty good deal that's pretty solid i normally wouldn't mention price but like i was kind of surprised at how cheap it was yeah that's
0: good Yeah, yeah, how about we we come back to it, Um, and maybe we can check it out and talk more about it later once we've had a chance to play with a bunch of people. That sounds good. Cool. Okay, let's open the mailbag. We've got a few questions here. Um, This first one, this is a big one, from Lane. I'm curious if you all have any favorite smaller indie games right now. I'm blind, and I've been playing the crap out of Scarlet Hollow, because I found out through watching a friend that it has full text-to-speech support. So it has been the first video game I have been able to play completely independently as a blind person. The game devs have been incredibly responsive every single time I have had accessibility questions or needed to report on accessibility issues, and it is the first time I have felt genuinely heard and included in a game. They're the same devs who made Slay the Princess, which just came out this week, and I am antsy to get my hands on that one, as the demo is also pretty accessible. I know Halloween season is technically over now, but they're my favorite horror games right now, even though Scarlet Hollow is still in early access. That is a good question. Also, a very cool recommendation. I have not—I have heard about um, the Princess game,
1: but Slay I not— Slay the Princess.
0: Yeah, Slay the Princess. Oh, Scarlet Hollow. I just I'm looking at this right now. This also came out this no in 2021. No, no. Okay. Yeah, it's been out for a while. Okay. I was like, what? How is that possible? Um yeah, it's technically still in early access. Um, but the look of these games is very cool, very visual novel, and um I'm very curious now about the story of them. Um and, and also these features. I I mean I, I I know we've talked about this uh, throughout this year, but it is amazing how often uh, accessibility features that may have not been meant for us end up just making games better for all of us. Yeah. Um. And how often I end up relying on these? Have you had you heard about Scarlet Hollow or um, I Santa haven't. Princess? Uh,
1: no, I actually haven't. And, uh, this this letter actually made me look them up, and they they both look really cool. And and. I have been seeing a lot more games doing uh, text-to-speech support, which is great. Um, And, uh, yeah, I mean, even, like, big AAA games, like, ensuring that that option is not only available, but also, like, the first thing you hear when you set up the game is, like, do you want to turn the setting on, which is great, Uh, and I want to see more of that. But uh, I guess to answer the question, the smaller indie games question, which was kind of what let this off... I think we talked about two of them today. Uh Karma yeah. Zoo and uh, uh, Alien Hominid Invasion are both like really fun and
0: neat. I'll give you another one in uh, just old, old school Flash games. And I talk about it all the time. You have to burn the rope. It's just a masterpiece. It is it is the smallest of small games. And, uh, and you do exactly what's in the title. And there's a great song. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll, You've played you have to burn the rope right I have it's been 20 years I want to say yeah. but I, do <laughs> I don't even know, know someone's on the internet anymore but yeah. I'll I'll include it in the newsletter it's it's a delight um uh, next up we got this one from Nathan Hi, besties. I have been thinking lately about sequels and why uh, and what may make a sequel better or worse than the original. Recent games such as Horizon Two and God of War Two had better combat, more refined systems, more polish, but it did not feel as special as the first game and had weaker stories. I loved Tears of the Kingdom while I was playing it, but it hasn't stuck with me like Breath of the Wild did. Are sequels better games if they are more fun to play, or is the original more creative? Uh, the original the more creative game. That. Uh, but Or is the original, more creative game the one you would go back to?
1: Yeah, uh, that's a very good question. Uh, I would agree with the assessments of the games mentioned. The only one that I would disagree with is on Tears of the Kingdom, which I think will remain as the like preferred of the Breath of the Wild, Tears of the Kingdom options. But I think what we're starting to see is because these games are so expensive and especially sequels so expensive, um, the risks become very high. So you're starting to see fewer risks being taken both in the gameplay but also in the narrative to make sure that, like, the game comes off and it's, like, good enough. Like, we got there. We we reached that uh, limit that would justify us doing a sequel. But isn't as much of a huge huge swing and i kind of think to some extent god of war was a bit of a, a bit challenged on that front horizon 2 as well um i think it depends i think there are a lot of games that when the first entry comes out it has good ideas but a lot of it is like rough around the edges and there's things they should have executed better but didn't have the time and so they use the sequel to like basically refine the whole thing and make it much better overall and then you kind of have a more uh satisfying experience
0: yeah but but again i think
1: these days because the budgets are getting so high like it, that's a, like you won't green light necessarily a huge game if you're not 100% sure it's going to be like a big success. So kind of safe choices win the day a lot of times.
0: Yeah. I, I also think, I mean, Nathan mentioned, you know, Breath of the Wild being the one that they feel will stick in their memory. I, I think it's like when you see a movie from a new director or you hear a band for the first time, whatever that movie or that album was, that's often the one that stays with you. Yeah. Because it's just – it's like a shock to the system. It's like the
1: defining
0: entry. Yeah, And like, like – it's why people often – the older you get, the more you tend to sound like a snob. Because you're like, oh, I liked this band when they were doing whatever how many years ago. Or like, I love the movie Bottle Rocket by Wes Anderson. I adore it. In, in no metric, it is the best movie. But for me, it's like the thing that sticks with me or – Again, you can do this with like so many albums. And I think I have that same thing with video games. I can completely relate to this with um Breath of the Wild versus Tears of the Kingdom, where in my head I know not just that Tears of the Kingdom is like a better game, in my opinion, but that like I liked it more. I enjoyed it more. And yet I I reading this, I immediately have that same nostalgia pang of like, yeah, but Breath of the Wild, it was really interesting. Um so I I I get it. I, I think it is hard for a, a, a sequel to ever fully live up to that because yeah, how are how are you going to surprise people unless you do something completely different and completely unexpected? I think of risk of rain um going 3D, right? Like mm-hmm. those are the times where where that tends to happen.
1: Or even Breath of the Wild. Like honestly, like that is yeah. Breath of the Wild is arguably a sequel and nobody expected it was gonna do what it did, which was like completely reinvent what a Zelda game is or even what a third person open world action game is. So like, yeah, I mean, I think we see it. We just
0: they're just very rare these days. Um I'm I'm gonna (laughs) read a question that is not going to help the person that is asking it. Ben, I'm so sorry. Your question is any recommendations for idle clicker games preferably iOS, but anywhere is fine. I haven't found anything that is near as good as universal paperclips, even simply not filled with ads and trying to force you to make a purchase every few minutes. I don't. I do not have anything as good as universal paperclips, but your comment was an excuse for us to say universal paperclips on the show and get a bunch of people who have not tried it already to go download the app on iOS. And you know what? Let's bank this one. Uh to come back uh to it for Justin because I am sure Justin surely is playing some sort of new idle clicker game and we can get uh we can get you some recommendations.
1: It's also worth knowing that Universal Paperclips is on Android as well. Yes, and on browser.
0: and um, on browser. Seems so like so wherever you like.
1: People sometimes complain rightfully that we only talk about iOS stuff, but I did wanna shout that out as well. Yeah, no, I've, I've never heard those complaints.
0: Um, <laughs> what, what else are you enjoying? Are you enjoying anything else right now?
1: I uh, have the movie club, which I've mentioned in the past. We we all have to pick a movie as it rotates around our little circle of friends. We pick a movie that no one in the group has seen. That's really the only stipulation. Sometimes we do themes, but in this case, not. And the movie that was picked was Pompoco, a 1994 animated movie from Studio Ghibli. <laughs> yes. And it's pretty fantastic, and I really, really would recommend it. It is the first movie of the Studio Ghibli uh, lineup that I've seen that wasn't directed by uh, Miyazaki, and uh, I was just, like, really kind of blown away by it. The, The premise is it follows the story of tanukis in Japan who are being forced out of their forest home, which is on the outskirts of Tokyo because of development in modern-day Japan and buildings are being built where their trees are. And slowly but surely, they're kind of getting like wiped out. And the idea is they decide that they're going to use their innate Tanuki powers, which go back to Japanese mythology pretty deeply, to transform into a variety of things that will scare people and maybe encourage them to not build in their forest if you watch it in japanese they very openly talk about testicles a lot so you should maybe know that if you're going to watch it with a kid and you don't want them reading too much about testicles if you watch it as the uh english dub which is well done like they got some good people to do it jonathan taylor thomas is one of the main characters in that um they refer to them as pouches and i guess just hope that people don't notice that there's, like, a lot of visible balls in the movie. But <laughs> it's great. Uh, I really, really loved it. Um, it uh, really has, like, a style of its all its own. Uh, it feels like a documentary, which is rare in animation, and has just, like, a really funny tone to it. Uh, the director is uh, Isao Takahata, who unfortunately passed away... But uh, is really one of the most well-known Studio Ghibli directors outside of Miyazaki. Um, did Grave of the Fireflies and only yesterday, which are two of his uh, some of his more well-known projects. And um, it was great. I, I loved it. It's it's streaming on uh, Max if you're interested in watching it. Um, and again, remember the difference between the two versions: uh, balls in the Japanese version and quote <laughs> pouches in the uh, dub version.
0: Uh yeah, I that is a great recommendation. And really any of Takahata's movies, uh, Neighbors the Yamadas is on there too, um the Tale of Princess Kaguya. I, I mean Miyazaki is immensely talented, which we'll talk more about in 2 seconds, but these are like lesser seen Ghibli movies and they shouldn't be. They're they're just as good. They're just heavier like they're, they're movies for teenagers and, and adults uh, especially in the case of Only Yesterday which is one of my favorite movies of all time I just adore that movie um, my thing is also Miyazaki uh, I talked about this I think in the spring or summer Spirited Away live on stage they did a limited showing of the a recording of the Tokyo stage show in theaters and now you can buy it on Blu-ray or watch it uh, streaming on demand on, like, pretty much any streaming service you want. And I can't recommend it enough. One, because it just rules. I mean, if you like Spirited Away, this is a, a truly awesome, um, emotionally overwhelming uh, adaptation of it for the stage. Uh, two, it actually just looks great. Uh Filming theatrical shows is not an easy task. And capturing the essence of like what it feels like to see a show on stage is really tough. I think they do a good job. And three, getting video of, 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 a, of a active show. This show's like opening in London next year. They're still very much producing this show. Getting video of a show that is open, really any show, is so rare and so precious. And I am really glad that they decided to put it out and make it available to so many people. Um, There have been so many stage adaptations of uh, movies and video games and anime in Japan. It is not unusual. It is unusual, however, for us to get to see them. And it is unusual for one to be directed by someone who is best known for directing like La Boheme and Hamlet uh, across the world. Getting somebody that immensely talented on this project uh, certainly didn't hurt in making it really, really special. So if you heard about that uh, earlier in the year on the show, you can now watch it. And I strongly recommend you do.
1: That's awesome. Is the duck
0: in it? Um. The d- everybody's in it, like you know. It, you know
1: when they're in the spa and those ducks with the like hu- the towels on their heads are
0: walking around. I believe the ducks, plural, are in it. I believe. Okay. Again, it's been a few months since I've seen it, but I, I think I. Because that's I my it. favorite part of Spirited Away is those ducks. I have a feeling that you're going to be happy. Okay, great. Yeah. Um. Cool. We did it. I think that's another episode. Awesome. Um, Hey, thank you all for listening. It is always a treat um, recording this show, and we appreciate that you give us the time and space in your lives to listen, Uh, especially this time of the year when things are so, so busy. If you enjoy the show, you can always leave a review uh, at iTunes. That helps us get in front of people. You can also subscribe to our newsletter at besties.fan. That is the place to get links to all of the things that we discuss and a full list of all that stuff too so you don't have to you know, re- listen with a little notebook and a pen and jot everything down. We got it all for you. Um, and also links to other stuff that we're enjoying. And every now and then... Um, some codes for free games we have, hey, you know what none this week, I'm going to be real honest with you there's none this week, but maybe <laughs> maybe down the line uh, And that's I it. guarantee down the line there will be I guarantee it I guarantee it, says Russ Farshtick um, that has been another episode of the Resties, I am Christopher Thomas Plant
1: I'm Russ Farshtick
0: and this is the Resties, where the rest of the best discuss the best of the rest Resties! Resties.